Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is April 20th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Uh, this morning, we'd like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Psalm chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. Uh, these verses were spoken during our Easter morning service, our 10 o'clock service, and same thing on Saturday evening. It was the responsive reading between myself and the congregation. And uh, in these verses, we see... Uh, David, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, predicting the outcome of uh, Jesus's time in the tomb, that God would not leave him there in the tomb, that he would not uh, stay dead, but rather that he would rise. And what that meant for David and what that means for you and I is that we will rise too. So let's uh, read verses 10 and 11 of Psalm 16. It says, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we see that word Sheol uh, quite often in the Old Testament. How would you define that word Sheol if someone asked you that, Pastor? It's kind of a fancy word for the grave. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically not just like any grave, but the grave of uh, humans, human beings, souls. You know, in that sense of some people will take that and take the idea that it's like the purgatory idea of what happens to the soul when they die, but I don't think we should think of it that way at all, especially because the New Testament doesn't confirm any of that kind of purgatory idea whatsoever. But I think the simplest way to say it is just the grave. Grave, tomb, and sometimes it even refers to hell itself, I think, in the Old Testament. So it's kind of a, a word you need to take the context and decide, okay, are you talking about just a tomb? Or are you talking about hell? And in the case of our Savior Jesus, he, you know, he did descend into hell, as right. we confess, in connection with his victory on Easter. so, um, But what the psalmist here says, what King David says, you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So, you know, think of uh, Lazarus, four days dead. When he was four days dead, uh, his body was, Martha said, Lord, his body's going to stink, <laughs> you know, if you open that tomb up. Um, but with the, in the case of our Savior Jesus, even though he was dead, the Lord did not allow his body to begin decaying. It did not... Uh, corrupt or start to rot as as human bodies do uh, quite quickly. Actually, kind of an interesting side fact, human bodies decay much slower now than they used to because we eat so many preservatives in all of our food. So if you go, you know, there's talk about, if you read about the history of the Civil War and things like that, where there'd be all these bodies, very quickly they'd start decaying and and, uh, corrupting. And, uh, uh, but the human body today, it takes months, months to the point where the body finally starts decaying. So even though, weird side fact, but that's <laughs> the reality because we eat so many preservatives today. Uh, anyway, Jesus did not corrupt at all, and he uh, didn't eat the preservatives that we eat in our frozen pizzas, uh, but that was because God did not allow him to decay. Uh, that was part of God's plan for him. And it says, here King David says, You will show me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So what's neat is in Acts chapter 2, the apostle uh, Peter on Pentecost quotes this and says, King David here was talking about how God was not going to allow Jesus to stay there in the tomb, but the neat thing is then it applies to us as well. So it's kind of this plenary 
uh, plenary prophecy where it's Jesus, it fulfilled specifically in Jesus, but it's also a fulfillment for each of us as well, isn't it? Because God's not going to leave our souls in, in the grave. He's not, not going to allow us, his holy ones who are made holy through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, he's not going to leave us in the grave either. He's going to show us the path of life. He's going to bring us to his right hand the joys, uh, the pleasures, and the fullness of joy. And at his right hand is that, that pleasure is forevermore. So, you know, sometimes we think, well, this idea of the resurrection, it's a, it's a New Testament idea, or, or those who deny scripture especially, or deny the, the, the Holy Spirit's inspiration of Holy Scripture, they will say, well, the resurrection is something that was introduced in the New Testament by Jesus and his followers. No, here uh, King David's clearly talking about uh, the resurrection. We know, as we read on Sunday, Job talked about the resurrection. Um, so this was, the resurrection is an Old Testament idea as well, that uh, God is going to bring his holy people to him in heaven, and uh, that that eternal life in heaven is going to be forever. And so, neat verse in the Old Testament here, just speaking to specifically Jesus, but also we can apply it to ourselves too, that we're not going to be left there in a tomb, that, that as Jesus rose from the dead that first Easter morning, we too will rise. Uh, Jesus is called the firstborn from the dead. We are the, are the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. We will be raised too. We will uh, spend eternal life in heaven on the last day when Jesus takes us home, uh, unless Jesus comes first. In that case, we'll be uh, joined with those in the air, as, as Paul talks about in First Thessalonians. Any thoughts on these verses, Pastor, you want to add to... I think it was very well said. I like that you talked both about the the aspect that this is David speaking about his his own soul, but it also refers to the promised Messiah, the Christ, which gives him the comfort that he has. So I thought you explained that really well. I think the, it reminds me of what you said Easter morning for the sunrise service with, you know, when we're in heaven, it's just not going to be one long church service. Certainly we'll be worshiping the Lord forever and ever, but that idea of that in the Lord's presence will be fullness of joy just complete fullness being filled with the Holy Spirit in a way we've never experienced or imagined is something we can definitely look forward to and uh, is beyond our full understanding right now but it's pretty neat to picture and understand what that means at his right hand so yeah I think I brought that out in the in the forever and ever part of the the Lord's Prayer sermonette there that, yeah. that oh uh, was it yeah you're right yeah that uh, uh what forever means and we just can't wrap our minds around it but we know I don't know there's times where you feel absolutely there's times in this life where you feel completely full like you're satisfied and happy and you know maybe it's after Thanksgiving and you're with your family and everything seems happy or or maybe Easter a couple days ago when you were you know everything seemed to be doing just great but uh, the the fullness of heaven the joys of heaven will be even greater even greater than that let's pray Lord Heavenly Father we thank and bless you for your son Jesus Christ who went to the cross and died for us, but also rose again. And as we continue to bask in the glow of Easter, please uh, continue to strengthen us with that great love uh, that uh, you showed through Jesus and that he continues to pour in our hearts today. Help us to overflow with that love and to share that love with others. And whenever we have the opportunity to share Jesus with others, to take that opportunity and to speak the words you would have us speak and to share the joy that we know because of you. We look forward to that eternal joy, the fullness of pleasures forevermore when we'll be with you, Lord, in heaven. Uh, And so we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number of uh, updates, reminders for you this week. Uh, uh, We last week, or no, not last week, the week before that we wrapped up our confirmation study in Bible class. So we have, I believe, four weeks left of Bible class um, and we'll be taking a look at 
millennialism. But we are not doing Bible class this weekend because this weekend is Confirmation Weekend. Um, so Pastor Radical's leading uh, worship this weekend. Do you want to inform us what the details are for this weekend, Pastor? You bet. So 6 o'clock Saturday night service will still happen if you can't make it to everything that's going on Sunday. That'll be the same service as the 10 a.m. confirmation service, but obviously without all of the the Bible verses and blessings that we do with laying on the hands for the confirmants. So we won't have that the Saturday night service, but otherwise it'll be the same service. So no Bible class or Sunday school Saturday night. Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we will have our confirmation catechism review, often called that examination part. So everyone should come to that. It's a very important part where they can express their faith and answer those tough questions that we all get asked from day to day as well. So hope everyone come to that. The 10 o'clock confirmation service again will be uh, the confirmant's first communion. So that we have the rite of confirmation and then they're uh, laying on the hands, like I mentioned, the blessing and their first communion then at that point in time. After that, at 11 o'clock, I'm sure there'll be a lot of pictures being taken. A number of the confirmants are having a basement reception with cake and punch and so forth, so everyone's welcome to come downstairs for that after the service if they'd like. Um, so that's going to be a pretty full weekend. It should be really exciting. Uh, should note, too, that uh, during this, the Bible class hour, which is the examination table, there will be Sunday school for uh, pre-kindergarten through fourth grade still, but we didn't encourage all the fifth to eighth graders and ambassadors to come to the examination and to support those eighth graders as they're doing their uh, examination there. Um, we had our voters meeting this past Monday uh, uh, on April 18th. A um, number of things took place. There was a discussion on uh, Second Street Corridor uh, Street remodel that's I think believe taking place a couple years away still at this point, and they're considering a few options, so we discussed that with the city planner. Um, there's a potential for larger sidewalks or maybe even a boulevard down the middle of the street, so um, that discussion took place. There's, I expect there will be more meetings on that uh, before any hard decisions are made. I believe there's a website you can go to, MankatoSecondStreet.com, and uh, check out some information there if you like. Yeah, I'm going to add to that. If you're concerned about the safety and like uh, where there should be stop signs to slow down traffic or our exit from our own school place, now would be the time to get that information out there. So Yeah, they want concerns, and I think the main concerns they've heard they heard from us was speed on that on Second Street and, and an abundance of traffic on Second Street too. So um, in that voters meeting as well, the there was a discussion on uh, vision, mission, and value statements. A uh, small group of individuals have been working on this uh, and meeting with other groups. Um, so the voters approved up to four congregational meetings to try to get this out to the broader congregation and hopefully uh, unite us on a common vision, mission, and value. And obviously we know these things will be derived from Holy Scripture as uh, our vision, mission, and values come from the Bible. Um, the high school choir policy was discussed somewhat. Uh, a motion from council had come to the voters to uh, to put up a, to start a committee. This committee was going to be the two members of the board of ed, two members of the board of doctrine, uh, the two pastors, and two faculty members as well to uh, develop a draft for a choir policy uh, to, to bring to the July uh, meeting. So I know this has been something that we've been talking about quite a bit over the past few years, but uh, hopefully. By the July meeting, we'll bring a final answer to the voters to uh, vote on. Um, there was a discussion on the tuition rates for 2022-2023, and uh, there was a, a motion to approve those rates. Uh, so you can see the 
minutes uh, to see more detail on that. Uh, one of the big projects that was approved was a $75,000 approval for tuck pointing of the church. Uh, that means that the mortar uh, that has fallen away over the years as the wind and the rain and the snow has come and fallen on the church that needs to be fixed. Um, so we hired a company, we are in the process of hiring and taking bids for a company to uh, uh, fix the mortar, fix any bricks that may be broken around the outside of the church. Uh, again, this is not the school side, but the church side to fix that. So uh, quite a large expenditure there, but uh, something that the Board of Property felt needed to be done. Um, the final thing I want to note on the voters meeting is the treasurer reported that we are quite behind on our budget for this year. So that's something to keep in your mind and your prayers as you as we consider uh, your giving to Emmanuel and uh, pray that the Lord would uh, continue to give us the funds that we need to continue the important ministry that we have here at Emmanuel. Uh, prayer list this week uh, remains pretty constant. We keep Helen Stelter in our prayers. She has uh, uh, been placed on hospice care out at Hillcrest, uh, so we keep her in our thoughts and prayers. Naomi Pfeiffer, we continue to pray that uh, the Lord would bless her with answers. Uh, she's had some health issues that has kept her homebound, and we pray the Lord would help the doctors to figure out what the issue might be. And finally, we keep Sue Heisey in our prayers. She's had some tests done on her heart uh, lately, and we pray that the Lord would, again, guide the doctors and the uh, staff to help her figure out what the issues might be and how they can best solve that. Which brings us to our Meet the Faculty portion of the program today. Uh, to had the chance to sit down with Mr. Kevin Schrader. He's our newest faculty member. Uh, sat down with him last week. Here's what that sounded like. I am joined today by Mr. Kevin Schrader. Mr. Schrader is the newest of our faculty members here at Emmanuel Lutheran High School. Uh, he's one of the last of our interviews for the Meet the, po Meet the Teacher podcast portion of our Twin Steeples podcast. Uh, so I want to thank you for joining me today, Kevin. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, thanks, Pastor. Doing well. Very good. We're actually doing this interview on Good Friday, so kind of some somber thoughts mm -hmm. going through our minds. But uh, want to take a chance to get to know you a little bit, and hopefully the, the listeners appreciate this time as well. Uh, so, Kevin, where did you grow up? I grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, born and raised? Born and raised, okay. absolutely. Member of the Messiah Lutheran Church there. It's a good time. Okay. So you went to school at Messiah, yep. and then went through high school there in yep. Eau Claire, too? Yep. Went from being a Messiah Squire to an Emmanuel Lancer. Okay. All, all Squire the way to Lancer. Squire to Lancer. Never made it tonight. Yeah. Well, now, now you're a Trojan. I'm so, a Trojan. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, Kevin, are you married? Uh, do you have kids? What's your family situation like? Sure. I'm married. Married to Rebecca Nee Kazemba. Mm -hmm. um, met her at Emmanuel Eau Claire. We've been married for going on four years now, if I've done my math right. <laughs> um, yeah, no kids yet, but we're looking... I won't say anything else. Okay. Well, <laughs> I won't ask any more questions. Then. Uh, so, uh, Kazumbas are from down in the Okabine area, isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yep. Very good. Uh, so, Kevin, you are a teacher now here at Emanuel. When you were a kid, did you always imagine that you were going to be a teacher, or is this kind of a, a recent development? Uh, never much as a kid. Uh, as a kid, I thought pastor, I thought firefighter, mm. I thought meteorologist for a short period of time. Oh. Uh, but never really a teacher, not until recently. Okay. So what led you to the decision to be a teacher? Well. <laughs> uh, oh, we got time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. So I always, uh, I, my schooling is to be essentially a, an engineer of some variety. I was on the engineer track from college onward. Um, and I always, at that point, I'd started thinking of potentially becoming a teacher when I was 50 or 60 or 70 after a long and fruitful career, going kind of spend some time with some kids because a big influence in my life was my high school physics and chemistry teacher, okay. Prof. Schoenbeck. Yep. Uh, he, he did a similar thing. He, well, not necessarily going out to his 50s or 60s, but he was in the private sector working as an engineer and decided to go and teach kids there. And I thought he was a phenomenal teacher. I agree with you. Um, I, always, I always appreciated the flavor that he brought to those classes, and I thought maybe I could do the same thing one day. I didn't expect it to be quite so soon. Um, but then it was all sorts of stuff. I don't know. There were a lot of aspects that led to that decision at the end of the day. Um, but it was getting tougher and tougher to be part of a company that I didn't I didn't agree with. I didn't mm -hmm. support what they were doing at kind of the high level. They started to do weird stuff that I just didn't appreciate. Um, and after this, my second coworker um, went transgender. I thought it was about time to get out of there. Okay. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Pastor Matt Hanel contacted me to nominate you for that that position, uh, open high school position here, and he said we'd really miss Kevin, but I think he'd be great at it. And sure enough, uh, the Lord led the voters here to Manuel to give you that call. And yeah. you know, I always tell one of the one of my favorite quotes is that God doesn't call the equipped; He equips the called. You know, He He, he gives you the call and He gives you the tools that you need. And um, you know, you have that engineering background, but you know, obviously, from what I've seen and what your work in the classroom this year, the Lord's obviously blessed you with uh, some wonderful teaching abilities too. So you mentioned a little bit your your engineering track. Where did you go to school for that? Oh, sure. Uh, that was in the cities, University of Minnesota, um, right there in Minneapolis. Okay. I uh, this last summer when my daughter was in the hospital there, we lived at the Ronald McDonald House. So oh, sure. I got to know the the down, the downtown uh, Minneapolis area pretty well. Was that the one by the dorms? Yep, right there. Yeah, I walked by that so many. Did times. you really? I stayed in Frontier Hall my freshman year. Okay. Yeah. Territorial my sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, walked by that many a time. Oh, there you go. We're connected. In the... Who knew it? <laughs> uh, so where else have you worked uh, prior to your employment here? Sure. So right out of college, I got a job offer to work at National Instruments, is what they were called at the time. They have since rebranded to just become NI. Uh -huh. But they're a test and measurement company that runs out of Austin, Texas. So we okay. moved there. Uh, Rebecca and I got married right out of college, moved down there. Pretty much straight away. Yeah. Um, our honeymoon was our move down to Texas, oh. and we started our. I started working there just uh, a week later. Okay. And worked there up until the call here. So when did you graduate? Uh, twenty eighteen, May something, twenty eighteen. Okay. Okay. So, I've been what three years down there. You did. Yep. Okay. Yeah, about three years at the job. Okay. Very good. Um, so you've been obviously worked in the public sector, and you mentioned that a little bit, and some of the things going on there. Um, why do you believe that? Christian education, you know, having gone, you did Messiah, you did Emmanuel in Eau Claire, uh, now you're here teaching it in Emmanuel in Mankato. Why do you believe Christian education is so important? I don't think there's anything in a secular education that can carry you through life. There's nothing worth pursuing at the end of the day. Um, and I don't, I actually talked to Sherman Carsonson prior to taking this call, and he had kind of a similar take on things where if you're in the private sector for too long, you can get caught up in chasing things that really have no substance. And without without Christ as kind of a compass and a guide for you, there's, I don't know, there's nothing really worth committing your life to. Mm -hmm. 
and Christian education tells you what that's all about. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, do you have a story that you could share with us from the classroom this year? You know, I've been working with our kids for this whole year so far so far now. Anything stick out to you that kind of shows our listeners what Emmanuel Lutheran School is all about? <laughs> Not particularly from the classroom, but a couple things that I have appreciated. Um, one of them is the mentoring class that Mr. Heinze runs that connects high schoolers with grade schoolers. Mm-hmm. I think that's just really cool to see um, high schoolers sitting down with kids at the lunch table and chatting yeah. with them. And yeah. You'll see those interactions get carried through the hallway, and you'll see just seniors helping out with re- like PE and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool to see that blending of our community across age groups. Um, yeah. And the other thing I really appreciated was just this past week, um, seeing the high schoolers show up to commune and actually got the privilege of distributing the individual cups to them. And it was cool to see them all, you know, despite whatever groups they're a part of in high school, all come together at the Lord's table and, yeah. and, and share the Lord's meal. Yeah. Seeing our senior boy or seeing the boys usher, I thought was pretty, pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. do the communion ushering for that, yeah. for that service yesterday too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Kevin, uh, obviously you're somewhat new here, but maybe some fresh eyes give some good perspective too. Um, what are some things you could see that we could improve on as a church and school and the continued ministry we have here at Emmanuel? I'd say one of the things that I see us fighting for in the school a lot is just kind of space. Um, I think that's an ongoing challenge. A lot of cool things we want to do and can try to do, but but space limits us in a lot of different ways. Um, but beyond that, I, I also have enjoyed seeing the high school and the grade school indeed as well at the Lenten services and kind of, I don't know, strengthening those ties between the school children and the, the rest of the church. I'm not entirely sure how that would be done, but I, I think yeah, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be beneficial. I'm with you. I sat in front of the the great, the younger grade school kindergarten for a second the other day, or yesterday, I guess, and when they were singing the Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, just the enthusiasm and the volume level. And they oh, didn't yeah. know the verses as well because they can't, <laughs> they can't read and keep up with the hymn, but they know that refrain. Yeah. So to hear them sing... Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. You know that just—it's uh, just music to my ears to hear them. Yeah. Literally music, I guess. <laughs> to my ears to hear them just joining their voices together in praise to God in a worship service, and you know, uh, keeping those connections between you know the schools here because the church is here, um, and the church uh, continues to be a great blessing to the school, and the school's a blessing to the church, and we're all one big team. And so to see that, see those ties strengthened. However, yeah. we can do that, as I say, I think it's a great thing and those those children's voices carry all the way up to the front and you know and there's something uniquely i'm not i'm not quite sure what the word would be um but to hear young voices sing about such heavy topics singing Mm -hmm. about blood and suffering and torment and it's it i don't know there's something about that dissonance that puts puts the suffering of our savior into clear view and reminds you of the seriousness of it all because it's kind of like these kids shouldn't be singing about these things yeah yeah, out of the voice, of, out of the mouth of babes, right? Right. Um, so having been a teacher now for a grand total of ooh, nine months, eight months, something like that, uh, what is your favorite thing about being a teacher? Oh, I love when kids are genuinely interested and curious in something. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a teacher that is very easily drawn off track. <coughs> At least I have been this year. Um, and I will, I'm happy to go off track if there's an area that kids are really interested in. So we've had... All sorts of interesting conversations, ranging from 
um, religious conversations to conversations about physics where kids are particularly curious how something works. And I love going down those paths, sometimes mm-hmm. to my subject's detriment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think if it's something that they're interested in, they want to know more about, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, that uh, is important to cover too. And you don't yeah. want to, well, the Bible warns about quenching the spirit, right? So yeah. keeping that spirit engaged and interested is, that's important too. Yeah. And there's also, I guess, one thing that I've really enjoyed is actually giving chapels as well. There's something really reflective and kind of, I don't know, it puts your own life in such stark contrast. And it's a good, I don't know, it's a good practice to have. Yeah. Something that leads to weekly deep reflection because you've got to be, I don't know. Well, they always say the best way to master material is to teach yeah. material, material, right? So, because in order to be able to teach it, you need to be able to explain fully explain it right. right and so you know in a lot of ways being a pastor and being a teacher overlap in many ways um, pastors just specifically with God's word and teaching God's word but that's what you do too when you give a chapel is you take this text and you say okay what is this text saying and what does it mean and what did it mean to the original readers and what does it mean to us today and yeah. you know how do we apply it to our lives then and yeah so all those all those questions. Maybe that's what I should be doing with these texts. <laughs> I'm sure that even if you don't verbalize it, I'm sure that's what you're doing. All right. Uh, what is your least favorite thing about being a teacher? Oh, it kind of follows in the same thread. I, I it's it's tough when the kids don't seem as interested in a particular part of their education as I am or I'd like them to be. Yeah. Um, biology specifically has been my my favorite and toughest class <laughs> because. Coming back to it as an adult and seeing the incredible engineering that's inside of every living thing, mm. and then looking out over the sea of faces that are all just <laughs> looking yeah. for the next important note that yeah. might be on the test. That's chromosomes and yeah. photosynthesis. And... Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get past the, I, I keep calling it the illusion of complexity. It is complex, but it's because they've chosen large words. Yeah. But if, you, if you can get past the scientific, verbiage and get down to what they're actually talking about. Exactly. Yeah. The medical field, like every time there's a disease, like, oh, it's tendonitis. Well, it's not, that's, that's inflammation. Itis is just inflammation of right. that thing. And yeah. it's, it's all over the place. You yeah. can break down the word. It's just Latin, two new Latin words being smacked together, and it sounds terrifying. But <laughs> I don't know. I like the way you simplify things, Kevin. <laughs> uh, so we've talked a lot about school, your work as a teacher. What are some things... Uh, who's Kevin outside of the classroom? What are some things you like to do, hobbies you have outside of your work as a teacher? Uh, primarily, I, I like to tinker with a lot of projects that I rarely finish. Um, I've done a few things with like small electronics, um, so I've got a few projects in that regard. I want to make an alarm clock that turns on lights slowly as you wake up oh. instead of making an obnoxious noise. Okay. I think that'd be helpful. I think it'd be a nicer way to wake up. So. Yeah. Got me for that. Um, trying to get into building a few other things. I recently purchased a, well, not terribly recently anymore, but I purchased a smoker from uh, Oklahoma. One does kind of smoke some briskets or pulled pork or things like that. You trying buy, to bring some of that to Texas. You can invite me over for that. That's yeah, a, yeah, once again, good. I'd be interested in that. I just want to bring that back up from Texas because that was one thing that you just yeah. can't quite get up in Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. Unless you do it yourself. So huh. um, that's what I'm hoping to kind of do, but. Right now, the free time is a little limited. Yeah, yeah, they always, you know, they say the first year of teaching is always the hardest, and, you know, hopefully you'll get a little more free time as time yeah. goes on. Although, if those kids show up, I'm going to warn you, 
three times out the window. So. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, excellent. Well, cool. Well, really appreciate your time getting to know you today, Kevin. Yeah. Um, are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners before you take off? Uh, not in particular. Just uh, prayers are always welcome for our kids. They're they've they're growing up in interesting times, and they've got a lot of life ahead of them. So yeah, for sure. Well, we really appreciate the work that you do, and you know your continued ministry here. You are in all of our thoughts and prayers, and you know, uh, you know, as a teacher, you're not you don't necessarily hear that every day from all our members here, but uh, we do care about you. We pray for you, and we know your work is important. And we've entrusted Christ's lambs that He's entrusted us into your hands. So thank you for your work, and Lord's blessings on it as you continue. Thank you. Thank you once again to Mr. Trader. Next week we'll be meeting with Mr. Matthew Kranz, if I can get him to do it. We'll see. He's the last of our faculty members to be interviewed. Our hymn of the day today is hymn 195, maybe a little bit of a less familiar Easter hymn, although most of them are at least somewhat familiar. It's entitled, Christ Jesus Lay in Death's Strong Bands. Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands, for our offenses given. But now at God's right hand he stands and brings us life from heaven. Therefore let us joyful be, and sing to God right thankfully loud songs of hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a strange and dreadful strife, when life and death contended. The victory remained with life, and reign of death was ended. Holy Scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. It's his sting is lost forever. Hallelujah. Here the true Paschal Lamb we see, whom God so freely gave us. He died on the accursed tree, so strong his love to save us. See, his blood doth mark our door. Faith points to it, death passes o'er, and Satan cannot harm us. Hallelujah. So let us keep the festival whereto the Lord invites us. Christ is himself the joy of all, the sun that warms and lights us. By his grace he doth impart eternal sunshine to the heart. The night of sin is ended. Hallelujah. Then let us feast this Easter day on Christ the bread of heaven. The word of grace hath purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.